This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Are you where you want to be right now? If not, no worries. My guest today is a dream enabler. So grab a notebook and something to write with, assuming that you're now out walking the dog or running or driving. Don't take notes when you're driving. Just go back and re-listen to the episode. You're going to want to take notes because who doesn't want to have their dreams enabled? Now, before I introduce my guests, I want you to go get my brand new free guide. Yes, I said free. That F word, what we can say on the radio, five quick ways to conquer overwhelm. If you are human, you deal with overwhelm. And I've got five awesome, simple, easily implementable ideas to get the free guide. Are you ready for this? I found the perfect URL, overwhelmsucks.com, overwhelmsucks.com to get my brand new free guide, five quick ways to conquer overwhelm. Carla Howard is a strategic change consultant and a dream enabler, like I just said, whether helping corporations manage change, excuse me, I'm all choked up over this, delivering keynotes, teaching emerging speakers how to get paid from the state or supporting kind and ambitious women. Carla helps people move from where they are to where they want to be. Carla, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I really love the way that you introduced that. I got to tell you, for so many years, I have struggled with this idea of following your why and linking everything there because I couldn't find a way to link all the different things that I do. And it really is helping people go from where they are today to where they want to be tomorrow. And that's where the dream enabler piece comes in. And I like how you said why, because when people ask me, you know, Mark, you're Mr. Productivity. So teach me how to plan. And I always go, okay, what's your why? Like, huh? I want to plan. I want to plan my day because you said plan your day. I said, yeah, but what are you going to put in your plan? You got to have your why. Then you got to have your goals. Then you plan. But why? Yeah, exactly. Why? We have to have the why. And so many people don't start with the why. But I got to ask you this before we get too far into your topic. Do you like my my uh, URL? Do you like overwhelmsucks.com? I totally do. Like <laughs> when I saw that, I actually giggled because that speaks exactly to what it feels like. And I think, you know, there's all kinds of tips and there's things that we can look at. But when you know someone gets it, I'm stuck, this sucks, and I want out, then it just catches your attention. I love it. Yeah, I was. I spent maybe a half an hour on GoDaddy yesterday and trying to type in new things. And I said, hmm, wonder if Overwhelm Sucks available. And it was, and I took it. So I just launched it. So people on the podcast are hearing about it for the first time today. Okay, let's get back to enabling our dreams. One of the saddest things that I see in our world today are people who don't have dreams. I have this theory, and I will not, I underline, bold, highlight, circle this, not try this out. But if I had a loaded gun and walked up to 100 people and I said, tell me your dreams, I'd probably kill over 90 people, which I find sad. Dreams are free. We're not talking about the implementation, but you got to dream. You get one life. You need to dream. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I do think that we get coached out of dreaming. You know, we're kids and we have these big dreams and we have these things we want to do and well-meaning parents and teachers and, you know, you go for your first job and 
people tell you you're dreaming too big. I, I, I had a leader probably 10 years ago, and he said to me, you're too much of a cheerleader. If you don't learn how to stop being the cheerleader of the group, you're never going to be a leader. Wow. And I, it just, I was felt so deflated. I remember sitting there thinking, that's my superpower. I cheer people on. I help them see what's possible. And I think we literally get dreams coached out of us. And that whatever happened to that bad. guy, do you know? Yeah. He ended up retiring. You know, he's a lovely man. And I did learn a lot from him. It's really hard when you're reporting to someone though, and they give you some kind of advice or coaching that just goes against who you are, you know, to, to take a step back. And I did quiet it down for a while. And then finally, after about three or four months of that, I just felt suffocated. And I thought, Mm. "Ah, no more of this. I know what I'm good at. And it is really helping people see the possibility, showing them what they can do, helping them see that it's not, I think we get caught up in the dream though. I will say that the big vision of what the dream looks like, and I'm talking five, 10 years from now, and we want to launch with that. And that never happens. Every big business, every corporation, every, you know, successful keynote speaker that you see out there started with a dream and Mm -hmm. they took small steps toward that. You know, Mel Robbins didn't, just walk out on the stage one day and become <laughs> Mel Robbins, right? It doesn't work that way. So I think two things happen. We get caught up in getting coached out of the dream. And then we get so latched onto the dream that we never take the steps it takes to make it come true. One of my favorite authors, Jim Collins, in his best-selling book called Built the Last, has something called Big, Hairy, Audacious Goals, BHAGs. And I think everyone needs to have a BHAG. Everyone. If you're listening to this show, if you're watching it on YouTube, you need to have a BHAG. What this is, it's a goal that is so ginormous, you can't even fathom anywhere coming close to it. So, my big, hey, big, hairy, audacious goal is I want to help 100 million solopreneurs bust through overwhelm by 2032. Now, here's the thing about my BHAG. I will never know if I accomplished it because I may help someone through the podcast, through my YouTube channel, through Instagram, through LinkedIn, through a keynote address. But that's my goal. It's a huge goal. And that's what gets me up literally, Carla, seven days a week. I never wake up and go, oh, I got to go to work. I woke up excited about the interview today because we just talked last week and about having you on the show. And I love your energy. And I, I want that for everybody. I want people to have something so exciting that you wake up and you can't wait to wake up so you can start the day and live your dream. I think what happens is, like I said, we forget to dream big and it breaks my heart because if we don't have those big dreams, we're all going to go somewhere. You know, the steps I take today are taking me to Mm -hmm. a place. Now, are they taking me where I've always wanted to go? Maybe, maybe not. Pretty much guarantee if I don't take deliberate action, I'm not going to end up with my best life. Mm. 
That is so true. I, I often say that you're being influenced by people every day, whether you know it or not. And sometimes you're being influenced by negative people, the Eeyores. If we use my favorite cartoon of Winnie the Pooh, you don't want to be influenced by Eeyore. If you're not familiar with Eeyore, Eeyores, it's never going to work out. It's going to rain. Uh, I'm not going to get the job. I'm not going to land a client. You want to be either a Winnie the Pooh. Or you want to be like I am, Tigger, T-I-Gubba-Gur, very hyperactively, optimistically happy, 24-7, 365, or maybe Piglet or Christopher Robin. And you get to choose. But I can tell you, people who are happy, people who are have dreams that excite them are way more productive than people who just, well, it's another day, got to make the donuts, got to go to work. So please choose to be happy, choose to dream. And I think you should dream every day. You should have time without having the radio on when you go into work or out for a walk. Just dream, just keep dreaming and dreaming and dreaming because you never know where those dreams are going to take you. Yeah, I agree. And I can say for me and I, uh, the people that I work with, I really coach them on this visualization is the way to get to those dreams. And there's lots and lots of ways to do that. So I love quiet visualization in the morning to really get me focused on what's possible. I also do what I call meditation emotion, where when I'm walking in the morning, I shut my mind down and I focus on sounds. So sounds of nature, really trying to bring that all in or the colors around me. And it's funny, I've been asked many times, how did I begin that journey of visualization? And I realized the other day when I was putting on this necklace, it happened with my mother. So my mother was really ahead of her time in so many ways. And when I was a little girl, I wanted to be able to put on this necklace all by myself. I was about five years old. And I remember her sitting me down and saying, close your eyes and imagine the clasp slipping inside ah. and locking. And I did, I could see it and I put it right on. And it's funny because as a five-year-old child, it never occurred to me that this was a really weird thing to do, right? To imagine something happening that hasn't happened yet. And yet it guided my hands in a way that allowed me to make that connection and take the action that did what I wanted, which is get my necklace on. And so I think about the thing that I think holds us back from really dreaming is getting in a habit of visualizing what we really, really want for our lives. Because to me, that's part of the whole manifestation and abundance thing. There's, it's not magical. It's that you set that intention and now I take different action. I do different things and I create that reality that I've always wanted. I remember the first time I heard the word visualization. I wasn't clear what it was. Someone says, well, you got to see it before it happens. I'm like, I don't get it. And then they would explain to me, this particular individual explained to me, well, Walt Disney saw Disneyland before even anything was designed for it. And you've got to see it. So let's say you're struggling twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a year. You're working at a job you hate. Uh, you know, there's way more month than there is money and you're struggling and you're like, okay, you're telling me if I visualize myself being a millionaire, I'll be a millionaire. I'm like, 
Well, no, sort of. You got to start there. You got to see the potential. So what I was doing is I write my goals down twice a day. I write them once in the morning and once at night. And I was writing, I have a net worth of a million dollars. Now, if you're not a, a a money person, net worth means liabilities minus assets. I'm sorry. Assets minus liabilities is your net worth. And I'm like, okay, a million dollars. I'd be happy with a million dollars. Then I heard Grant Cardone, someone I really admire, says you should strive for as much money as possible. When you have more money, you can help more people. So instead of like the single mom of three who just had their car broke down, instead of you know giving a hundred dollars, you can say, no, I'm going to buy her a brand new car. I'm going to apply. I'm going to give her a bumper to bumper warranty. If she gets a fly on the windshield, she can take it in and they'll take it off. You'd be able to do something like that. If a neighbor loses their house, let's say, to a fire and their insurance doesn't cover the hotel, you can put them up in a hotel. So when you make a lot of money, you have a lot of options. So now I've gone from wanting to have a net worth, not wanting, having a net worth of a million dollars. By the way, I don't have a net worth of a million dollars yet, but I'm thinking future as in the present. Now my goal is I have a net worth of over $100 million. Will I ever hit over $100 million? I have no clue. But the thing is, I'd rather live in that world of potential than go, well, I can't make my mortgage this month. Oh, can't feed the family. Which world, dear listener, would you rather live in? Because I know the world I would rather live in. And I got a funny feeling. I know the world that Carla would rather live in. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny you say that. I heard one time, if you have a problem that money can solve, you don't have a problem. Yes. And that really stuck with me. And I thought, I want to have that kind of money that if my kids get sick, I can pay for whatever the 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 health solution is. That, you know, when something happens to people I care about, I, I have a solution, right? So... I, I do live in that world. And in fact, I remind myself every day that I am living my dream life. I'm a full-time entrepreneur. That was a scary dream for me back when I was in corporate. So I got laid off three years ago. And after <laughs> tricking myself into thinking I wanted another corporate <laughs> job, finally, just my husband's like, seriously, you just really need to go do this thing you've always wanted to do. Um, I am living my dream life. I have the the... I'm doing the work that has been on my heart to do. I am, I have an amazing family. I, the thing I love about entrepreneurship is there's no cap. You know, I go stand on a stage and speak. And today that's a $9,000 speaking engagement. When I was in corporate and I spoke at conferences on behalf of the company, no one said, here's $9,000. <laughs> you know, that didn't happen. So yes, I am constantly reminding myself, I am living my dream life today and I don't know what's coming and I know it's amazing. I, I live out in a mountain community and every day I look at the mountains and I think my dreams are as big as those mountains I can see. What's on the other side is what's in store for me. I can't see that and I trust that it is going to be amazing. I, I man, that what you just said there was so impactful because I'm sure I'm going to go out on the limb here and assuming that your first keynote as an entrepreneur was not nine thousand dollars. Is that correct? Correct, absolutely. Okay. It's probably free. <laughs> it was, and my first paid gig, they asked me how much I charged, and I got all nervous and said two hundred dollars. Now they paid me more than that. 
You are absolutely right. I was not making $9,000. I knew I had an amazing message to deliver. I Everything I do is around transformation. So I knew that my audience would experience a transformation. I couldn't get out of my own way and figure out how to get paid for it, though. <laughs> uh, I remember the first time I was approached by someone, and this is after I'd gone through all the training, speaker training, and all this stuff. And they they called me and they said, "Yeah, we'd like to have you speak." I'm like, "Okay." And like, "Well, how much do you charge?" And I didn't give my knee jerk reaction. I I said, "Well, you know, what's your budget?" Because that's what you're supposed to say. What's your budget? Because you don't want to. <laughs> You don't want to say 200 if they're going to pay 2000. Correct. Go, well, the last speaker we paid was 2000. And I was so proud of myself because I'm like, you know, I would have taken $200. Be honest with you, Carl. I said, you know, I normally do 2500, but I'll do 2000 for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just the things that you learn, you know, because what happens is I'm probably the only person in the world that struggles with this, but we undervalue ourselves. We're like, oh, we're not that good. Even, I got a feeling even successful people do this. We're like, oh, we're not, I'm not that good, but you are that good. I mean, I lost my job. Uh, I was fired back in 2005 and I became an entrepreneur and it took me a while to get into the product productivity space, but I fell victim. What I always share is the three C's coaches, conferences, and courses. I was just spending thousands of dollars and I wasn't stopping and go, okay, what's my, what do I want to do? What's my goal? Now I'm really clear on that. Now I'm finally getting some traction. But the reason why I share that with people is my dream is still alive. And I would say one of the biggest things you got to have with your dream, the biggest two things, I'd like to know your thoughts on this. Number one, you have to believe the dream is possible. And number two, if you're married or you have a significant other, they got to believe in you because if you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to be successful. If your partner doesn't believe in you, the odds of you being successful are really slim. Am I spot on there? I think so. I The partner piece really resonates with me. I have an amazing, amazing husband. And I was going to say, as do I, but mine's a wife. Yeah. I just remember going through an interview because I was really trying to find myself. First of all, I had felt a lot of shame around getting laid off. And I... It was like, ah, you know, it's like a hit to your confidence. You can go through all the logical reasons and yeah, I get mm -hmm. it. It's an emotional journey anytime you get laid off. So I thought, oh, I know, I'll just try both. I'll try to build my business and get a corporate career at the same time. <laughs> So I sent out all these resumes, got all these interviews, started, you know, I'd already started a side hustle when I was in corporate, which is something I strongly recommend everybody does. And I got on this interview and it was for Amazon. It was an amazing job. And the interviewer went down the typical, you know, tell me about a time when, mm -hmm. and I answered the questions and I finally said, I don't want this job. Like I, <laughs> I could answer the question and you'll like me and you'll send me on to the next, but I don't want to do this. She asked me another situational question. I answered the same way. And then she said, do you think you're the right person for the job? And I'm like, no, no, this is what I, this is what I'm trying to tell you. I'm not. And I went to my husband. I said, what's wrong with me? And he said, you're not following your dream. You've always wanted to be an mm. entrepreneur. You've always helped everybody else follow their dream. Now it's your turn. So yeah, um, I think you have to believe in yourself enough to take the step. So even if you're like, oh, I'm scared and I believe I can do it, that's okay. 
And definitely, I really think choosing the right partner makes all the difference. And I think you have to be scared. I mean, anyone who says, oh, I'm doing my dream and I have never been scared is known as a liar. I don't care if your name is Damon John, Mark Cuban, uh, you know, Bill Gates, Grant Cardone. When you're doing something new, unless there's something wrong with you, if you've never done it before, you're like, oh, am I going to do this? Because not everyone's successful. But I can tell you, if you are in it for the long run, you have a much like higher, highly, much more likelihood. That's what I'm trying to say of uh, being successful. So, for example, I'm over 1,100 episodes of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Most people get in, they think they're going to get a Joe Rogan Spotify contract at the end of three episodes and they quit. You have to be in it for a long time. Don't get into podcasting for the money. Don't get into speaking for the money. Don't get into coaching for the money. You've got to get into it because it's your dream. It's your call to help people and you help enough people. Enough people find out who Mark Stuchowski is or who Carla Howard is and they're like, okay, and all of a sudden they go from just your newsletter or just consuming your stuff on your podcast or social media. Now they're like, oh, let me get in their course or their group coaching. That's the progress. But if you just get into it, like I launched a podcast last week, it didn't make a billion dollars. Now on the next thing you've got to be in it for the long haul because people are watching you and if they see you start and quit start and quit start and quit they're like well what if they quit on me so when you follow your dream commit to your dream now you can certainly tweak a little bit as a plane is flying from la to new york city you know the wind and stuff it's got to continuously recalibrate but don't give up on your dream. Stay focused and you're going to find other people go, wow, look at Carla. And they're going to jump on your bandwagon because you're going where they want to go. Yeah. And I, I love this idea too. You know, the more you get out there and you share your story and you share what it is that's on your heart to do, you are going to attract the people who you're meant to serve. You know, there's a great quote that is, if you're not turning anybody off, you're not turning anybody on. Yes. And I, I love that because when we get out there and we talk about our work and we take action and we do the things we need to do in order to make the difference that we're, we, we have on our heart to make, there's people that are going to hate it. You know, you're going to get nasty comments on social media. People are going to not like the work that you're doing. And that's when we got to celebrate because we're actually saying something and doing something that, that somebody doesn't like, which is fantastic because that just means you're, you're finding people are finding you and you're also going to find the people who love what you're doing and they want what you have to offer. And your solution is exactly what they've been looking for. I heard the same thing about haters. So I have been going really big on short form videos. I put a short form video on Instagram reels, uh, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, all the platforms. Well, somebody, I posted a video, I think it was about, you know, buying the perfect plan or something like that on TikTok. And someone goes, yeah, don't follow this guy. He's just trying to take your money. I'm like, it was a video about, I wasn't selling my planner. I don't even have a planner. And I'm like, you know, their haters are going to hate. They're just going to hate. But something else you said that made me, uh, I want to bring the people's attention. Be yourself. Now, I love Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't like his potty mouth. So I never listen to his stuff. I don't like F-bombs, every other word. But you know what? To Gary's credit, 
He knows he's probably left over $100 million on the table over the years, but he's not going to compromise who he is. He fully understands there are people that the constant swearing bothers and they don't follow him. And he's accepted that. So I'm very open about my faith in, in Jesus Christ. If that bothers you, I'm okay. Then you go listen to somebody else. But I'm not going to say, okay, I'm not going to talk about my faith if it offends you because I want those people to go, oh, yeah, Mark is about productivity, about overwhelm. Oh, he's a Christian. I will resonate with him. Oh, I don't like him. I'm, I'm, an, I'm a Muslim. Okay, then you go to the Muslim expert on productivity. There's lots of people in this world. Don't compromise who you are. Don't. My pastor used this word a number of years ago. Don't be a chameleon. Be you and you will re- you will bring the right people to you. But if you're trying to be red and green and black and brown and purple, well, then you're not going to be clear on your mission. You're not going to be clear in your dreams and you're probably not going to be successful. Yep, absolutely. And I, I'll tell you, I struggled with that in the beginning in a in a little bit of a different way, not I was so used to not showing up as me because especially on LinkedIn, my corporate colleagues were there and I built a corporate career and I always felt like I was representing my company. So I was very, very careful, always buttoned up. And it, it, it's still a journey for me today. I'll do a video on LinkedIn. I might have makeup on. I might not have makeup on. I'll talk about how I really feel. I'll share the struggles that I'm having in a real way to say, I'm really struggling with this. And this is what I decided to try to do about it. And it is attracting an audience. It's a journey when you are used to putting on that corporate suit, you're buttoning up, you're um, kind of hiding, if you will, behind your corporate persona. And then you jump into entrepreneurship. It's hard to just go, you know what? I'm not doing that anymore because it's a lifetime learned experience. Not even that I wanted to hide. It's just, it became the right way to engage, especially on that LinkedIn platform. So sometimes digging out who am I really and what do I want to share? Uh, that can be a little bit of work. Do you feel overwhelmed and frustrated? Are you under a lot of stress? There's a better way. You only get one life, so why not feel peace and freedom and enjoy your life? You can. Find out more at 90daystobustingoverwhelm.com. You know, it's a lot of work trying to track down the algorithm. I, I <laughs> like about four or five months ago, I said, screw the algorithm. I'm going to post what I want to post. If it says once a day, I'm going to post four times a day. I don't have time to chase the algorithm because I was looking at people like Gary Vaynerchuk, Grant Cardone, and these big names. They're posting three, four, five, six times a day. And some of my friends on LinkedIn who are LinkedIn experts saying, oh, they have big audiences. And you know what they tell their people? Don't worry about the algorithm. You post what you want. If you have something that's going to help people, you post it. So I don't worry about what I post anymore. If LinkedIn doesn't want to spread my message, fine. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to bow down and worship at the altar of the algorithm. When I have my podcast, if this podcast episode goes 27 minutes, 37 minutes, 57 minutes, I don't care because we're having a great conversation and we're delivering value. I think people have got to get out of, oh, what's the right thing to do on TikTok or what's the right thing to do on YouTube? Just be you. Yeah, learn how to use the platform. I'm not saying don't learn how to use the platform, but I'm saying, but you got to be yourself. Who are you really? And, and I agree that when I came out of the world, the corporate world, 
it's now this is 2005. Facebook was still a baby. Twitter was still a baby there. These other platforms didn't exist, but I have no problems being myself. As a matter of fact, I remember about a year ago, I shared on LinkedIn that I had only made a total of $50,000 from between I was when I was fired in the end of 2020. I was being really open, not, not a month. I mean, total. And the number of people that sent me DMs going, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one. And I believe Pareto's principles alive and well in social media. I believe 80% of the people are struggling. They're trying to find clients. They're trying to find leads. And 20% are doing really well. But the only thing you see on social media, LinkedIn or any other platform is, I got it all figured out. See my Lamborghini, see my private plane, see my private island. But most people don't have that. Just be you, be yourself. You will attract the right people if you are authentic. I, I, yeah, I agree with you. And I also believe that when we share our struggles and we talk through that and we can create that solution that gets us through, there's gold in that because yes. you look at that, you know, um, I shared with you, I struggled with, with booking paid speaking engagements in the beginning. And I had people, I, people will tell you what they want. You know, I had people say, if you will, you figured it out. How did you do it? And I'm like, I don't even really know. So I sat down, <laughs> right? Because it's like years of, of mistakes. That's how I figured yeah. it out. So um, I, w- I worked with a coach, Jen Smollett, and she said, if you will figure out what you did and teach it to others, I, I would buy that. Like, we need that. And I think when you're honest about your struggles, other people will say, yeah, I struggle with that too. And so many times we think, but we're not where we need to be yet. But you know what? Where you are is where somebody else is dying to get yes. to. So yeah, you're not where you see yourself five years from now. And where you are is a huge leap for somebody else. So figure out how you got there. Teach it to somebody else. Keep climbing. I'm not saying don't dream that bigger dream. But it's through these shared experiences when I say I'm struggling. And here's where I'm at. And here's where I came from that people will knock on your door and say, show me how to do that, please. Mm. Like I'm struggling too. So yeah, it's, it's, it's so much healthier and better if we are, do we just have conversations and talk about what's really happening? I recently invested in Amy Porterfield's list building society and she has a slide in one of the trainings says, all you need to do is be 10% ahead of everyone else. That's it. You don't have it all figured out. And that's one of the reasons why I changed my lead magnet, which was the top five productivity tips, which is great. It's still available. But when people are overwhelmed, I don't want the top five productivity tips. Oh, five quick ways to conquer overwhelm. Boom. That's what I want. So, so I invested money in this course and I already got payday because now I have a lead magnet that people go, Oh my gosh, I am so overwhelmed. Let me go to overwhelmsucks.com and yes. get the guide. But see, that's the thing. It's, it's, you have to be open open-minded. I tell people you've got to be open-minded, close-minded people don't make a lot of money. They are not happy. They're not productive. So be open-minded. I went in this course and going, wow, you know, I was really proud of my top five productivity tips, but nobody's going to search for that when they're overwhelmed. And so I had an open mind and I'm like, okay, let me figure this out. But I'm really open about things. When I share it, I'm like, hey, this is what works for me. Now, are these the only five things you can do to get over overwhelm? No, 
But these I know work because they work for me. And instead of me going, well, I, I went to Tony Robbins event and this is what he said, or I went to Grant Cardone's event. This is what he said. This is what I do to help me deal with overwhelm that works. So I can 100% authentically say this will work. Now it may not work for you, but I don't worry about this is what really paralyzes people. And you know, this Carla people go, well, what if it doesn't work for someone? Or what if someone doesn't like it? No, one's going to like everything you do. It's impossible. Do you do the best ability you can? I didn't say perfect. Do the best ability you can and then move on. And again, like we said three or four times already, the right people will come to you and jump on your train and say, Hey, take me where you're going. Yeah. You know, the other thing right along with that. So you take that and you pair it with this and magic happens. I tell people all the mistakes I've made all the time. I tried this and it didn't work. I didn't do this for five years. And if I would have, here's where I'd be now. Like I'm totally kicking myself in the rear. Don't do what I did. And, you know, I always joke uh, in, in, in the different work that I do with people and say, you're probably wondering right about now, why the heck did I sign up to get help from her? Because look at how she's messed up. There's so much power, though, when you can say, if I wouldn't have done this, this big mistake, I'd be five years ahead of this. And this mm-hmm. one mistake over here cost me, you know, $100,000. And this mistake cost me five years. Like, and I'm all about that. I will tell you every mistake I've made and and what I've done that works better. So when you start talking about this is what I did that worked and this didn't work at freaking all. So I had to do this other thing. (laughs) You know, you hit on the things that A, people need to do or B, when they get to the point that you were five years ago, they're not going to do that crazy thing you did. And if you follow anybody successful, if you take any successful person's course or join their membership or read their book, they always do what you just did. I want to help you avoid all the mistakes I did. So these are mistakes I made. You don't have to make them because here's the right way to do it. So that's why I say when you read a book, don't just read a book. Go to school with that book. Now, I have... I have a goal to read 60 books every year. I don't even come close to that half the time because, or actually all the time, if I'm being honest, because I really slow down when I read the books because it's like, if I'm reading Damon John's book, it's like I'm sitting with Damon John and he's teaching me. So you got to look at a book or if you're taking a course, don't fly through the course. And guess what? You could take it over again. If you a particular module speaks to you, watch it over and over and over again because they are sharing with you what they have found to work. Now you can go through five, 10, 15 years and trial and error and making mistakes and wasting thousands of dollars. Or, or you can say, Oh, let me take Carla's course and bypass all the mistakes I'm going to make and go right to the promised land. I don't think there's a shame of that. I think there's power when someone goes, look, I'm going to, learn from somebody else. I think that shows strength in you because you're like, Hey, I'm not stubborn. I'm open-minded. And I think people are undervaluing coaches and courses and conferences, even though I knocked them earlier in the podcast, (laughs) I didn't knock them so much. I knocked them because I didn't vet them. I didn't know what I wanted. So there's nothing wrong with the coaches, the courses and conferences that I invested in. They weren't the right fit because I just thought any coach will help. Any course will help. Any conference will help. So that was completely my fault. 
Well, and maybe some of those things would be right now, right? Like, Correct. so maybe five years ago, they weren't the right fit. And then today they could be a great solution. Uh, yeah, yeah. All of that enhances our learning, our experience when we're open to it. I think what's really hard, and I fell into this trap when I first became an entrepreneur, is I felt like I had to have all the answers. So really showing the mistakes I made felt like a really dumb idea. Like, well, who's going to buy from me if I tell them all the stuff <laughs> I did wrong, right? Um, when really what they're looking for is true guidance that includes, yeah, I've made some mistakes and here's how I've overcome it. I heard Grant Cardone uh, say about six months ago that a lot of people are striving for perfection on social media. And he goes, do you know what my most popular posts on social media are? When I make a mistake, like the captions, I misspell a word or I use the wrong word because people, they'll get obsessed over it. You used the wrong word. You spelled the word wrong. And it's like, why do you care? Why do you care? People, they don't care. They, they, what they want to do. Okay. What's Carla up to today? What's Mark doing today? Oh, they're sharing some stuff. And I really like when people share what's behind the scenes, show me what's going on behind the scenes. So recently, I think like a week ago, if you join my, if you go to overwhelmsucks.com and get the guide, you get on my email list. The first email you get is a welcome email. And the picture is a picture of me and my beloved Gracie, who's our 50 pound lab mix. Why? I want people to know that I'm a real person. It's not about money for me. And if you read it, it says, hey, Gracie and I welcome you. I want people to realize I'm real. And I, when I get an email from someone, if I join their email list and they share something personal about themselves, I feel more connected than if it's sterile and it's like really all professional. Welcome to my email list. I'm glad it doesn't feel real. But if you share something like a picture, like I did with me and my dog, now it feels like, Hey, you're a real person. And I think people, especially after the, you know, what happened the last two, two and a half years, people are understanding when you're on zoom calls, the dog's going to bark. Amazon's going to show up. The baby's going to walk in the room. It's or. If it can walk your little toddler, maybe the stroller, whatever people want to know that you're real. And now people are, I think are more acceptable that life happens, that life happens. And people are not going to get upset about that. They're like, Hey, that happens to me too. And now you have something in common. Well, I'm so glad you brought that up because the neighbors have the yard guys going in the background. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mute to that, to mute them all, so. yeah, exactly. You know, and it is true and we all have lives and we all have so much going on and it is uh, a much kinder, gentler world because of it. Um, we, I shared with you personally, both of my parents got cancer uh, about three and a half years ago and they started chemo on the same day. I told them y'all didn't have to do, you know, everything <laughs> together. Like we could have skipped chemo and cancer. Um, I've lost both of them. I lost my mom in December and through that journey, uh, I, I, I do strategic change consulting as well. And I work for an amazing organization and they would tease me because I'd be doing zoom calls and they'd see my mom's ugly pictures behind me. Right. And they'd be like, Oh, are you moms today? And I'd say, yeah, yeah. And then partway through, you'd see mom's cute little hand come in with a cup of coffee and sit it down in front of me. And instead of it being a nuisance or an, a distraction, it became a point of connection. And I really believe that that's when we can live our dream lives, when I can take care of my mother, when I can earn an income, when 
you know more about my life and I'm delivering value at the same time. We connect in a much deeper way. We're kinder to each other. We listen more fully and we're able to share our gifts more fully. Okay. So let's get really down to brass tacks here, Carla. We're coming to the end of the episode. Okay. You are the dream enabler. And I know people, this fascinating conversation. You're so easy to talk to. You gave so much information to the listener. But I want you to pick two or three tips, strategies, insights, bits of knowledge, whatever word you want to use to describe them, because people remember what they hear in the beginning and what they hear at the end. So what are a couple thoughts that you want to leave the listener with? Maybe someone who's an Eeyore and they're like, oh, I can't achieve my dreams. And you want to get them to maybe be at a piglet. Not Now, if you don't know who piglet is, we're not talking about a gluttonous person. Piglet's a little cute, little tiny. He's a tiny piglet. Tiny piglet. That's what we're talking about here. Okay. Or maybe one of your poo. So what final words would you give them to get them to maybe start thinking about, hey, you don't have to be an Eeyore for the rest of your life? Yeah. Number one is dig into the visualization. Really find some quiet time. And you can do this uh, through a recorded visualization, meditation, if that's your jam, or just take a quiet moment to imagine for yourself what is possible. What would make me live my very best life? And do that every day because I, I absolutely believe that it is those thoughts that we hold close to us that make us take different actions. And those actions are what determine our, our future. The other thing is get rid of, well, don't get rid of change that what if voice in your head. So the minute you hear, well, what if I write the book and nobody reads it? I want you to go back and say, what if I write the book and I change someone's life? Yes. What if I write the book and they just have an amazing couple of hours with what I wrote down on a piece of paper? You know, what if I get on stage and, uh, and I forget what I'm supposed to say? Well, what if you get on stage and you not only remember what you're supposed to say, you connect with your audience and you deliver a message that's going to make a difference for them. What if that happens? Mm. So really visualize what is possible in your life. Lean into trust because you're not going to be able to visualize big enough. None of us can. There's something even more amazing waiting for all of us than we can possibly imagine. So visualize, lean into trust that there's even more beautiful life headed for you and switch that that what if voice that you've got going on. We. Yeah. We all have it, by the way. I have it too. I work on it every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I first got into podcasting way back in 2017, I, I had the what ifs. I, I would say, what if no one listens? What if I don't become Joe Rogan? What if I don't become Tim Ferriss? But to your point, what if I change one person's life? So one of the questions I never answer is, Mark, how many downloads do you get for your episode? Wrong question. Because if only one person listens to this episode and changes their life, to me, we hit it out of the park. Yeah. I mean, think about that. A 30-minute conversation. And if it changes someone's life, holy moly, not only that, but I like talking to you. So I get joy out of that too, <laughs> right? So I leave with a great conversation and a feeling of joy. And if it brings value to someone and changes what they're going to do today, mission accomplished. Yeah. And 
I don't care where you are in your life, listener, whether you're creating a new lead magnet like I did yesterday, or you are building a website, building a YouTube channel, you're writing a book. I don't care. Don't play the negative what if game. Play the positive what if game. So you want to play the what if game of Winnie the Pooh, of Tigger, of Piglet, of Christopher Robin. Don't play the what if game of Eeyore. Okay. There's, you got four to one odds. So just pick one of the other ones and, and just say, Hey, I'm doing this and I am going to change someone's life because this has been an incredible conversation with Carla. In just a minute, she's going to tell you how you can find her and find and, and get in touch with her because she gave you a ton of information here, despite the long guy next door of all the days to get his long cut. He had to pick the day we're doing the podcast, but it's all good. It's all good. It's 2022. We all accept that. But I want you to do something as a result of this podcast. So many people, and I get it. You're out walking the dog or you're out riding your bike or out for a run and listen to podcasts. But that doesn't mean you can't go back and re-listen this episode. There's a lot of gold here. I want you to take action. Carla gave you so much to think about. Hopefully I did as well, but do something. Don't just be a passive listener. So the final question I have for you, Carla, where can people go to find out about you and what you're doing in the world? Well, there's a link in the show notes and I love that link because it's going to take you to all the different things. There's some free resources there. There, There's more information about the get paid from the stage program. I also have a community for kind and ambitious women that's entirely free. So lots and lots of links there. And in terms of connecting with me, LinkedIn is a great place to do that. So if you'll connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm, I answer every direct message that I get and just love connecting with people. So uh, that's a great place to follow me and learn more about the different things that I'm doing too. Now, I don't remember because we did connect on LinkedIn. Did I reach out to you to be on the show or did you reach out to me to be on the show? I reached out to you and okay. I didn't think you were going to respond because I'm like, oh, he's got this big podcast. He's got all these people. I was talking to someone and I said, I really, uh, part of my go forward plan is to connect through being a guest on podcasts. And she goes, oh, that's great. How many people have you asked? And I'm like, none. <laughs> <laughs> and so she gave me a challenge to ask 20 people. And then I have to go back to her on the 21st and say, okay, I asked 20 people and here's what they said. So you are one of the 20 people that I reached out to. And wow. that just really goes to show, you know, you, you see people, you see like you're out there, you have this big podcast, you have all these amazing people on and if you don't ask, the answers, you know, it, no one's going to say yes if you, you didn't ask a question. So there is no yes to be had. <laughs> it's so important to try. So that's part of my taking a step. I'm going to take a step. I'm going to ask these 20 people and see what happens. So amazing things happen when we really hold that vision or that dream close. Take a couple steps, ask, and see what happens. And you never know. I, I, I could tell you this much. My podcast, I recently... uh July 7th, I had my five-year anniversary on the podcast. And it is so bizarre when people come on my show and I'm like, oh, I can't believe you're on my show. They're like, I can't believe I'm on the Mark Chuchowski podcast. I'm like, <laughs> what? Because for me, I'm like, there comes the Eeyore out of me. I'm like, oh, who am I? And I'm like, dude, 
you've got 1100 episodes. What are you, Joe Rogan? I'm like, uh, not quite, but the, I love what I do. And people go, I can tell you love the podcast because I do three episodes a week. And I just, I've been meeting fascinating people. And what's really interesting, I'll give you, a, we're at the end of the episode. I'm going to share a little inside podcasting for the listener. Yeah. So you have an 11 week waiting period to be on the show because I do three interviews a week and I'm booked up to mid-September. Well, anybody who comes to me through an agency, I just look at their one sheet and go yay or nay, and I book them if I'm interested. But Carla reached out to me on LinkedIn, so I had to do a pre-call. The pre-call was last week. I think it was last Wednesday. Thursday, I had a cancellation for yesterday. Now, we recorded this on July 11th. You're hearing it on July 12th if you're listening to it the day it come out. And I said, I, I texted her because I have all the text phone numbers for all my guests. I said, Hey, I got a cancellation. And she jumped right on it. She didn't go, well, let me ponder it. And she just <laughs> jumped on it. And she was at her mother's house, her daughter's house, something like that. And boom, she signed up for it. So what I want to leave this listener with is when the opportunity presents itself, jump at it. Don't think about it. Don't you know, just, just go for it. If it's something you've been waiting for or something you really want to do, go for it. And she did. Now, some other people, I could have just said, eh, whatever, and, and not have a podcast today. But I knew she really wanted to be on the show. So when that opportunity comes, wherever that opportunity is for you, when it's something you really want to do, don't delay. Take advantage of it because that opportunity may never come around again. Yeah. And that's really those steps that I was talking about. You know, So I'm holding this vision that I want to connect through podcast. Okay. There's I'm taking the steps. I'm going to ask. Okay. Yes. September. Okay. Fine. Oh, next week. Yes. So, you know, the big thing is you take the step, you say yes, and you keep going. And you say yes, even when you're not quite sure how to do it. <laughs> That's the part, right? It, but you say yes, and you figure it out, and you can ask for help. You can say yes, and I'm kind of nervous. Could you give me some guidance? Or yes, and. It's not yes, but it's yes. And yes. And I need some help over here. I cannot believe is this your first podcast? No, <laughs> but I haven't you? done them in a long time. So oh, okay. I've, I've done, uh, I think 2019 was the last time I did podcasts because my parents got really sick. So okay. I, I kept my business going and my focus shifted. So now here I am six months on the other end of, no, I guess it's eight months now losing my mom. And I'm just now going, okay, take a step back. What was I doing before and what do I need to do next? It's been a long time. I think, I think 2019 since I've been on one. Well, you're very well spoken. You gave a lot of information and you brought the energy. I, I can tell you from looking at my statistics, when I have a boring guest on the show, which is very rare, the listeners drop off because nobody wants to listen to boring people. They don't, they want to, because if we're not excited about what we're talking about, the listener goes, why, why would I care? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. So I can tell that list guests who are, uh, who are excited to be here. People listen to the whole episode when they go, well, here's how you make $1 billion. They're gone. They're like, I'm not people. Life is too short. And I'm so thankful that people listen to this episode. A great episode. I know it's one of my longer ones, but that's okay because Carla delivered. Carla, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's an absolute delight having you here. Thank you. I enjoyed it and you made it super easy. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Don't forget to head on over to my website, overwhelmsucks.com and get my free guide, five quick ways to conquer overwhelm. It's my gift to you. 100% free, no strings attached, overwhelmsucks.com. And until the next episode, go be productive.